Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the sign of Scorpio. We'll take a look at the energies and the mythologies surrounding Scorpio, the transits around the new moon in the sign of Scorpio, and then we're going to shift gears and look at that full moon in Taurus and wind down with your tips for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. Thanks for joining me. Let's get things started with the song Eagle Birds by the Black Keys. sign of the zodiac, the middle water sign between Cancer and Pisces, and it's a fixed sign, which adds to its stubbornness. Scorpio is ruled by both Pluto and anciently Mars, which gives it an aggressive side. The ancient rulers help to show where we can get stuck in stereotypes, and modern rulers can help show the transformational pathway available, just like the discovery of the new planets themselves have revolutionized our understanding of the way the universe works. 
Of course, we know that Scorpio is represented by the scorpion, but it's also represented by both the phoenix and the eagle, which is why I chose that song to start the show off with, in case you are wondering. I thought I would borrow some of Lynn Hayes' words to help further decode the enigmatic nature of Scorpio energy. She writes, and I quote, The Scorpio personality prefers to crawl low on the ground, hiding in hidden corners, and is prepared to sting and destroy if threatened in any way. This illustrates the Mars factor of the earthbound nature of Scorpio, the aggressive intensity of rage and self-protection. The eagle shares with the scorpion the ability to strike at a moment's notice, but where the scorpion's journey is low and to the ground, the eagle soars above the earth, proud and free. The eagle has a probing eye that sees what others miss, and, like the Mars warrior, is very aware of the subtle dynamics of power. The eagle of St. John is the eagle of Scorpio, which sign, alone of all twelve, has two images, the eagle, the symbol of the redeemed, and the spiritualized scorpionic nature, the Scorpio, its fallen, unredeemed, earthbound nature. The phoenix is the transformational symbol of Scorpio. Like the eagle in ancient times, the phoenix was a symbol of the sun that was said to live for 500 years. At the end of its life, it built a funeral pyre and burned in the flames, only to regenerate its progeny from those very flames. The Scorpio nature cannot run from the destruction of the fire of its emotional intensity, but within that fire is the secret of immortality and resurrection. Scorpio is a water sign, but Mars bestows the essence of fire as well, and with it the courage to enter the fire and become transformed. I think she clearly describes the intensity of Scorpio, as well as the variety of unique gifts they are endowed with, and it helps to broaden the scope of understanding of how a good symbol can speak to us on many levels. In ancient Greek mythology, Scorpio is intertwined with the hunter Orion. Legend has it that Orion was born in central Greece and was a bit of a womanizer. He assaulted his fiancée, a woman by the name of Meropa, and her father blinded him in retaliation. Orion visited the island of Lemnos, where he regained his ability to see when Hephaestus, the god of iron, and aided him to travel to the, the sun god Helios, who gifted him with renewed vision. In celebration of his regained sight, he went on a hunting trip with the goddess Artemis. He was so overly enthusiastic that he declared that he would hunt and kill every animal on earth. An outraged Gaia sent a scorpion to kill the hunter Orion, and Zeus placed the two in the sky as constellations to honor their skill and bravery. Even now, Scorpio chases Orion across the night sky, with Antares, the brightest star in the constellation of Scorpio, twinkling in the night sky. In Roman mythology, Venus was tasked with bringing love to Pluto, so she sent her son Cupid to hit Pluto with one of his arrows. Prosperpina was in Sicily at the Pergusa Lake near Ina, where she was playing with some nymphs and collecting flowers when Pluto came out from the volcano Etna with four black horses. He abducted her in order to marry her and live with her in the underworld, of which, of course, he was the ruler. Her mother, Ceres, who's also remembered as an asteroid, and if you listen or subscribe to The Daily Dose, I talk about Ceres and those daily horoscopes, but she was the goddess of agriculture of the Earth. She went looking for her daughter all across the planet in vain. She was unable to find anything but a small belt 
floating upon a little lake made from the tears of the nymphs. In her desperation, Ceres angrily stopped the growth of all the vegetation on the earth, bestowing a malediction to the planet. Ceres refused to return to Mount Olympus, and she started walking the earth, creating a desert with each step. Worried, Jupiter sent Mercury to order Pluto, his brother, to free Prosper Prina. Pluto obeyed, but before letting her go, he made her eat six pomegranate seeds, because those who have eaten the food of the dead could not return to the world of the living. This meant that she would have to live six months of the year with him and stay the rest with her mother. So with all of that mythology and lore in mind, let's go over the energetic vibes for Scorpio. Let's start with the negative and get those out of the way. Scorpios can be possessive and obsessive. Disloyalty will deeply wound them. They're also very much understood. Insincerity is something they can see straight through. So if you're the kind of light bubbly personality that just likes to pepper everyone with compliments, they probably won't ever take anything you say to heart. They might even learn to dismiss what you say right off the bat because they feel you just can't be trusted. They would much prefer blunt sincerity, but honest words to fluffy bullshit that some air signs can be known for. Looking at you, Gemini and Libra. Their home is also a point of pride for them, and they hate, 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 hate living in someone else's house. They really need to feel like they have a say, or they will secretly plot to move out or create a coup. Scorpios are famously stubborn almost as much as Taurus its sign in opposition. On the surface, they may seem easygoing, congenial, and gregarious, but they're also extremely tenacious with a tendency to manipulate and control. On the positive side, they are magnetic and deeply loyal and protective. They are not afraid to go deep. They can't stand simple, basic minds. And Scorpios can be weirdly patient. Like, they can wait for years for the right opportunity to come to them. For example, my midheaven is in Scorpio, and I waited nine years for the career opportunity that I just recently had. Most people would give up, but strong Scorpio energy may have helped my sanity and ability to stay focused over the long term, at least in regards to my career, where my midheaven is planted firmly in Scorpio. They can be trendsetters in their own right and are fascinated with how things work. Scorpios can also be trendsetters in their own right, and they're fascinated with the way things work, especially people. They can read right between the lines, and they have these kind of preternatural mental and physical powers of recuperation. Think about that phoenix rising from the ashes. A highly evolved Scorpio can be very inspirational and they can learn to use their powers to help others. I think the real secret in understanding Scorpio energy is to understand that Scorpio's emotional involvement isn't based on love or pleasure, but really on the control and understanding of human emotions and the role that they play in the mysterious process of life and death. Regeneration, transformation are all magnetic energy and is theirs to be had, but it tends to come with a few ups and downs. Luckily, they are one of the most tenacious signs of the zodiac and they don't shy away from the dark. After all, their modern ruler is Pluto, the lord of the underworld. Also, generally, they're really good in bed. They're kind of sex freaks in a good way. 
Let's take a little music break and listen to If You Could Read My Mind by Mr. Gordon Lightfoot. I think in addition to the fact that this song is written by a Scorpio, it exudes Scorpionic energy as well. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet You know that ghost is me And I will never be set free As long as I'm a ghost You can't see I could read your mind, love What a tale your thoughts could tell Just like a paperback novel The kind the drugstore sells When you reach the part Where the heartaches come The hero would be me The heroes often fail Cause the ending's just too hard to take I'd walk away Like a movie star Who gets burned in a three-way strip to number two A movie queen to play the scene of bringing all the good things out in me But for now, love, let's be real I never thought I could act this way And I've got to say that I just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong, but the just can't get it back If you could read my mind, love What a tale my thoughts could tell Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet The story always ends If you read between the lines You'll know that I'm just trying to understand The feelings that you lack I never thought I could feel this way And I've got to say just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone And I just can't get it back
That's Gordon Lightfoot with If You Could Read My Mind, exemplifying the obsessive thought processes of a Scorpio when love goes sour. All right, let's shift gears and look at the new moon and Scorpio transits coming up. New moons are my favorite time of the month. They're usually pretty quiet and peaceful, which makes them excellent for meditation, reflection, intention settings of all kinds. And they tend to be quieter social times as well, so it's naturally easier to focus. The new moon in Scorpio occurs on October 27th at 4 degrees, 25 minutes, and the sign of Scorpio at 11.38 p.m. Eastern Time. And a new moon occurs basically because the sun and the moon are in line in alignment at the same exact spot in the zodiac, and that would be in the sign of Scorpio. The sun and the moon are both in opposition to retrograde Uranus during this new moon, and um, Uranus is currently in the sign of Taurus, so there's going to be some tension here, uh, possibly unexpected. Like I know that sounds sort of vague, but the definition of Uranus in a lot of ways is expect the unexpected. It's just generally wildly unpredictable and forward thinking. And because of that, it just is unpredictable by nature. And because it's an opposition, there could be some conflicts that arise today because of this opposition. There could be unexpected developments in all the things that Taurus rules. So that's home and beauty and comfort zone related. You could have unexpected communications or changes of plans in these areas of your life, or simply unexpected developments, or maybe even some nervousness as a result. And with Mercury and Scorpio, this might add to the tension a little bit because Mercury and Scorpio likes to go deep into things and likes communication. Um, there, This increased sense of nervousness could be more tangible, but this could also be exciting news too. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. Oppositions are a lot of times uh, sort of more challenging transits, but sometimes they can also lead to exciting new opportunities. So don't just dread the day. Go into it with a positive attitude because the universe likes for positive to stuff to be sent towards people who are focusing on positive things. And in the same way, it also tends to send negative energy towards people who are focusing on the negative. So you have a choice as to where you direct your thoughts and where you shift your focus to. So that's what this is really all about. It's about being mindful and knowing that even though there are things going on in the world and in the universe that are simply beyond your control, it's up to you what you choose to focus on. And if you know that things are going to be unpredictable that day, then all the better. You know that uh, it might not be the day for making really solid, hard and fast plans for anything that's really important. Um, but instead, allowing a, a bit of a modicum of flexibility and, um, and you know, if you're focusing on the happy and the good stuff, then you're likely to be pleasantly surprised. Also on the day of the new moon, Mars is in Libra squaring up with Saturn in Capricorn. And this happens just before the new moon. So um, while technically, uh, you know, a lot of astrologers would say since it's occurring beforehand, it's not really going to affect the energy and the lasting energy of the new moon over the next 12 months. Um, but I just wanted to mention it because it's not going to be particularly fun. Um, and it could kind of color the way that we're feeling during the new moon. So we might be a little bit more dour and like not in such a great mood because of this uh, 
Mars and Saturn square. And and what does that mean? So Mars is the planet of of war and aggression and um, and fury a lot of times, but it's all also very action oriented, and it's currently going to be in the sign of Libra, which is a very jovial sort of lighthearted sign. Um, it's an air sign, and uh, Mars likes to be in a fire sign, but it also it can it can be happy in an air sign too. Um, it air and fire work really harmoniously together so it has something to give to mars and um saturn is in its home sign of capricorn which is all about big structural kind of business like energy so these two are confronting each other um mars and labor kind of wants to be lighthearted and make light of the situation and it's very diplomatically minded um and wants to move towards beneficial uh, interactions and partnerships where Saturn and Capricorn kind of doesn't give a fuck about what other people want. It wants what it wants. And so these two are likely to have a conflict. It might not be the best day for business. Um, partnerships could dissolve um, just before the new moon. And because it's happening right before the new moon, it could color the way we feel during that new moon transit, which probably will be a bit of a blessing in disguise, I suspect. Because if something dissolves right before the new moon, you're then given this really lovely opportunity right afterwards to start something fresh. And that's what new moons are. They're this blank slate opportunity to make what you want out of that energy. So just be aware of any confrontations on... um, like surrounding the day before October 26th or 27th where your partnerships come into question and like in conjunction with the major structural elements of your life and structural elements could be uh not just you know big big structures like government but it could also be like the way like where you live or your job or Think about the way your social network is structured. That could come into conflict with this more diplomatic side of things right before the new moon. This new moon being in sign of Scorpio is sextile to Saturn. So whatever happens with this conflict and with Mars and Saturn, the moon is going to be more sympathetic towards Saturn's causes here. Um, So Mars and and all of its diplomacy that it's wanting to bring to the table might be SOL here. So structure may very likely win out um, in this conflict. So it looks like diplomacy just might not be the answer this time. It's going to be more about uh, what is good for the people in control and it like the puller of the strings, so to speak, versus the good of a partnership or what's even fair, um, unfortunately. And I mentioned Mercury earlier will be in the sign of Scorpio, but he's also getting ready to go retrograde, which is pretty much no one's favorite, but also very necessary. And uh, so Mercury will be retrograde in the sign of Scorpio for about three weeks from the time of Halloween on October 31st, all the way until November 20th. So just a Quick tips for Mercury retrograde because I know everybody will have questions about it. Um, Don't buy any electronics. Be sure to back up all of your computers and sensitive data. Um, Double backing it up isn't a bad idea. And 
it's a good time to make repairs, but not to buy any new uh, cars or electronic equipment. Basically, Mercury rules anything with moving parts and communication. So that applies to electronics, that applies to things like email and computers, but also cars and anything that, any kind of mode of transportation. So boats, trains, planes, automobiles, all of that stuff. It's just a time when things don't necessarily go as planned. And this is really uh, one of my one of the things I like to talk about in conjunction with Mercury retrograde is that it what it it's doing it is that from our perspective here on planet Earth, Mercury appears to go backwards in the sky. It's an optical illusion. It's really traveling forwards, but because it's starting to go around the curve so far ahead of us, um, it's it looks like it's stopping and then going backwards just because of the speed at which it's traveling. It travels really quickly. Use the messenger of the gods after all for a reason, and it's because of his quickness. Um, but also energetically speaking, it's when the flow of energy from Mercury is reversed as well. Usually the flow of energy from a planetary body comes to us from the ether or the spirit realm. Um, so it goes from being intangible to the tangible. When Mercury or any planet is in retrograde, uh, it tends to go the opposite direction. It goes from tangible material things, this, this energy, to the spirit realm or to the mental realm, if you will. Um, so when things are likely to break, it's giving us a little clue about what's not going well <laughs> or to plan in our world. And so we are then presented with the opportunity to slow down and really connect with our thoughts and our intentions and kind of get our priorities straight. And that's not... Um, always a, a fun process, by the way. It can be really inconvenient, and we tend to sort of be hurrying a lot more during a time of retrograde because for some reason or another, our alarm clock didn't go off, or the car didn't start, or this or that didn't happen the way you might expect it to normally, and then uh, we're kind of playing catch-up, and that's when things can tend to like pile on and just sort of start to snowball in an unfortunate manner. So, what that means is that during the three weeks of retrograde, it's a good time to slow things down a little bit, uh, maybe commit your ideas to paper. It's not a great time, even with a new moon, and especially one in Scorpio with getting ready to move into a Mercury retrograde cycle, it's not always the best time to put new things into action because Mercury's not really on your side to help those ideas flow as effortlessly as they could otherwise. So any new bursts of inspiration that you have during the next three weeks, I would say write them down on paper. Um, maybe with a pencil, something that doesn't have a bunch of moving parts, and just file them away and think about them and just see what comes to fruition over the coming weeks because Mercury retrograde tends to have um, people and things from our past popping up as well. So you just never know. Uh, try not to make too many hard and fast plans if you can help it and just be ready for the unexpected, especially when it comes to uh, surprising communications or even travel plans because you never know when your car might break down or your plane's delayed or an email or a phone call that you were supposed to get 
didn't come on time and you just find yourself sort of facing the brunt of the consequences of that. And also a friendly reminder to be a little bit kinder than usual to those around you because they're probably going through their own version of, of uh, what some people like to call retrograde hell and they might not be willing or ready or know how to talk about it. But nonetheless, it's important to be nice to our neighbors. Moving on through the planetary positions during the new moon, Venus will also be in the sign of Scorpio, and Venus transiting in Scorpio can give the energy in the air a strong, passionate nature that needs to be controlled to avoid being possessive, obsessive, or even jealous. But when Venus in Scorpio feels supported, it can be incredibly giving and a powerful ally. But hell hath no fury like Venus in Scorpio scorned, so don't mess with them unless you're ready to really commit. Or at least not be afraid to explore the darkness together. And if you, uh, you know, if you decide that it's not what you're into, you'll miss their passion and deep level of security that you felt with them, even if you were the one who was reluctant to commit. There's almost no more stable and more loyal and committed partner than someone who happens to have a Venus in Scorpio, or maybe even if your, your relationship was cemented during a time of Venus in Scorpio, that can give your relationship that same passion and energy too. Mars will be in the sign of Libra, and when Mars is in Libra, a lot of energy tends to be directed towards ideas and communication, as well as balance and partnerships. This is a somewhat unfavorable place for Mars, since he's in opposition to his home sign of Aries, but he's still better off than when he is in Virgo, which is an Earth sign. And at least with air, um, Mars, who likes to be in a fire sign, is sextile to his own uh, direct fiery nature, so he's a little bit more comfortable in the sign of Libra than he is in Virgo. In Virgo, he's rather frustrated. Jupiter will still be in the fiery sign of Sagittarius, while he'll be for a little bit longer before he shifts into Capricorn to join Saturn in Pluto. And Jupiter in Sagittarius is kind of, he's in his home sign as well, so he is super jovial and happy and just bouncing right along and expanding whatever it is that he comes into contact with. Uranus is retrograde in the sign of Taurus, which we mentioned a little earlier on. Um, and Uranus and Tor Taurus is unpredictable by nature and can throw us curveballs in our comfort zone, but long-lasting changes are possible. However, they'll need to have a real sense of purpose to them to really last and hit home. Um, on the way to these long-term changes, there can be a lot of erratic ups and downs in the meantime. Neptune is also retrograde in his home sign of Pisces, and Neptune tends to rule all of those who are oppressed or abandoned, and the misfits may be living on the edges of society. On a higher level, Neptune rules visionaries and those who are glamorous and charismatic. It represents spirituality, mysticism, and higher ideals. Neptune is one sign, is in one sign for approximately 13 years, taking about 164 years to complete its cycle through all 12 signs. And at the time of the new moon in Scorpio, he will try the new moon, giving it a harmonious boost to really align with that higher ideal of mysticism and spirituality. So this can feel somewhat in at odds with uh, 
where that conflict came in with that Mars Saturn square just before the new moon. But this um, this transit with Neptune being trine, this new moon tells me that whatever happens is really happening for the best here. We might not be able to see it in the immediate future, but it is a, a bit of a comfort. And last but not least, Pluto. As I mentioned before, he's in Capricorn and finally direct after what seems like literally forever of him being retrograde. I had a ton of messages from folks losing their minds when Pluto went direct because so so many crazy things were happening. Um, and if you had anything just completely nutso happen in or around October 3rd, plus or minus a week or two, just know that you were not the only one, my friend. Um, during that weekend, I had a friend pass away. Um, I had to say goodbye to another really important relationship in my life and um, move on. And But, you know, these were, in hindsight, things that sort of were going to happen one way or another. But um, Pluto going direct, being the Grim Reaper of, of sorts, he has the final say. And it, it was... His time to say it was time to be moving on in one way or another. So let's take another music break before we hop on into the full moon and Taurus transits. And we'll be right back with the rest of the show. Gone wrong, go on and on and on and on. 
was The Damned with Life Goes On. And so it does. We'll get into the full moon and Taurus transits in just a moment. But first, I have to plug the Daily Dose. It's the daily email newsletter subscription that I offer that's five bucks a month and it helps to support the show. So if you like the podcast, consider joining. Head over to bloodmoonmilk.com where you can also book me for a one-on-one reading or a natal chart reading or um, solar return. All that kind of good stuff happens there or consider booking me for an event. Um, but the Daily Dose is probably the easiest, cheapest way to, for you to support the show. Um, head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and click on the Daily Dose in the sidebar. All right, let's get into those full moon and Taurus transits. The full moon in Taurus will occur on November 12th at 9.35 a.m. at 19 degrees and 52 minutes in the sign of Taurus. The moon is considered to be exalted in Taurus, so this this one should be an especially lovely full moon. Comfort zones, beauty, luxury are all themes associated with Taurus and by default Scorpio as well. It's well known that the Tauruses tend to be good with money, but did you know Scorpios are too? Scorpios are actually better with delegating what to do with other people's money, whereas Taurus is good at generating original funding. The full moon in Taurus will trine Pluto, which will increase emotional sensitivity and psychic perception. You might feel things a little bit more powerfully and intensely. Again, these are also... Scorpio themes, so keep that in mind uh, because Pluto is involved, but you might be transformed by your intense emotional reactions to whatever happens to occur in your life that day. Intense emotional connections may result in new relationships. There would be a strong karmic pull between you and some kind of destiny event if you are strongly affected by anything in Taurus on this day. Um, Anything in Taurus might be your, you know, your personal planets, your midheaven, your ascendant, um, stuff like that. Um, Not just your sun or your moon or your rising sign. Subconscious communication may be possible, and this can even extend to a sexual encounter. You might even desire to experience things at a more deep or extreme level, and this can lead to an exploration of the darker and perhaps even more taboo areas of life, especially in the sensual sign of Taurus that loves all the creature comforts and earthly pleasures. People might come across as particularly possessive or even obsessive. Again, these are Scorpio themes too, Um, but your interest is likely to be welcomed by others. Your interactions might be... uh, more dramatic than usual, though, um, especially considering that this is a full moon. Taurus does tend to have a flair for the dramatic. And especially with Scorpio, the sun being in Scorpio in opposition to the moon, because that's what full moons are, um, it's possible that uh, these dramatics might have a sort of manipulative flair to them as well. So just be on the lookout during this full moon. The full moon in Taurus will be conjunct Vesta, so there's definitely going to be a sense of uh, what people need to feel secure and uh, 
an air of devotion or somehow the subject of devotion is going to come up because Vesta is all about the divine feminine and flaming those those passions and those desires, but in a very devoted and earnest and sort of pure way. So um, it there could be this sort of tinge of purity and uh, hearth and home devotedness that comes out during this full moon too. The only really other notable transit that occurs on this full moon will be that Mars and Libra will be sextile Jupiter and Sagittarius. And these two together uh, can be kind of steamy, especially when you throw in that uh, drama of the Taurus full moon. Um, Mars and Libra wants to be all coupled up and is thinking about things in terms of diplomacy and balance and relationships. And it's sort of at its detriment because it likes it's weighing all the options it's not super action oriented whereas Aries is all about just Aries being the home sign of Mars likes to just charge into things not really thinking about consequences where Libra where Mars is currently um, is all about weighing the different options and evaluating the situation and figuring out the most diplomatic course of action um, but it's in Libra and it's sextile Jupiter and Sagittarius, which is a harmonious transit. So um, whatever is going on that day, it seems like the universe is going to be working towards making this relationship or these things work in a big way. Um, this is in some kind of conflict with the full moon because uh, the full moon will be in Taurus. So it's basically square uh jupiter um and so i mean this could create a kind of conflict but ultimately what it's telling me is that this is for the best in terms of the relationship in question um or events that occur in your personal life in the long term um jupiter doesn't do anything without leaving some sort of a lovely little halo behind so just look for that silver lining and more than likely you'll be able to find something to be grateful for about it and really that's the key in all of this stuff is really being able to find gratitude in with that in mind, let's go and shift gears and talk about gratitude and mindfulness and those questions for mindful manifestation. And as always, before you set out to meditate or do any kind of manifestation work, be sure to get your gratitude adjustment in order. Make sure you're noting anything and everything you're already grateful for before doing any requesting from the universe. It just helps to kind of get you in the frame of mind um, that you already have a lot because you probably do. You probably have a lot more than a lot of other people and the things that you have are special and unique to you and that makes them important to you. And if you are coming from a place of gratitude, the universe tends to bestow a whole lot more uh, if you're already putting out those gracious vibes. Also, uh, the chakras uh, for this month. Um, so Scorpio rules the sex organs and the sacral chakra, while Taurus rules the throat and the throat chakra. So think about ways to align your sexual expression with your verbal expression your verbal expression. This could be anything from singing your favorite song to kind of get you in the mood to telling yourself how much you love yourself. You could also tell the people in your life how much you care about them and what makes them special to you. Just keep 
in mind that this is more geared towards romantic partners than platonic relations. So the real contrast here is between Scorpio's intensity and Taurus's mellow, steady vibes. But of course, these are signs in opposition. And when Scorpio is feeling very secure and supported, they can be very mellow and intensely devoted and calm. And when Taurus is in a bad mood, they can be incredibly spiteful and aggressive. Um, So these signs really do are kind of like two opposites of the same coin. Um, And so just think about how these themes are present in your life because Scorpio is in everyone's chart somewhere. It rules some house and the same with Taurus. So just take a look at your chart and figure out where these two signs are and what planets you might have in your natal chart that fall in them. And then just be kind of aware. Um... So the questions I have for everyone this season is, what aspect of Scorpio do you most identify with? Is it the crawling scorpion or the soaring eagle or even the regenerative phoenix? Just notice when you exhibit any of those qualities and reflect on the circumstances that were happening surrounding the moment when you felt that way. Also ask yourself, Have I been lazy or overly self-indulgent, especially around that full moon in Taurus? Um, It might be possible that comfort eating could be an issue for some people because Taurus loves all those earthly pleasures, especially food. And what is it that I've been obsessing over? Is it money? Is it sex? And why do those things, whatever they are, attract my attention? What is it that I feel when I am getting that like dopamine hit from whatever it is and have I been at all manipulative what has motivated me to behave that way and has it really worked out the way I might have hoped and lastly but maybe most importantly how can I shift my focus when negative energy is clouding my perspective And this isn't to say or to suggest that you should just ignore the negative things and bad feelings because that's ridiculous. Those feelings exist for a reason, but acknowledging them and exploring them are two different things versus um, wallowing in them. And it's really at the point when you start to wallow when things become detrimental and you're starting to set down this like no pun intended really like this darker path for yourself um so at after you acknowledge the feelings and experience them you can let them go and that's really what i mean by how you can shift your focus when that negative energy is clouding your perspective and not really serving your higher purpose anymore so that's about it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. Uh, reach out to me on Instagram and get in touch. Say hi. I love it when people say hi or just let me know what's happening in your life when any of these transits happen. Again, if you like the show and you want more astrology goodness in your life, subscribe to The Daily Dose. Head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and click on the sidebar and subscribe for just five bucks a month. You get those daily 
astrological weather reports in your email, and they're illustrated and animated by yours truly. And Blood Moon Milk is written and recorded and performed by me, Aurora. All the music is a property of the people who performed it and own the rights to that. And I try to credit all of those artists every time because I super love music. Um, all right. Have a good Scorpio season, everyone. We're going to play you out with a song. American Darkness by Chelsea Wolfe. I'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thank you.